Welcome to the Exploding Tire, Episode 2. I'm Scott Johnson. Man, can you guys feel it in the air? I can. This right here. Yeah, that's right. Halloween has returned to the world of Overwatch. Been playing a lot. Getting those loot boxes, trying to get those sweet, dank skins. Come around now once a year. I guess you can call it a regular thing, because this is the second year. Playing a little co-op against Junkenstein. They've changed that up a little bit. We may talk about that some today. But oh man, did the Halloween thing bring a much more spooky change to the game. Uh, Mord Mercy changes. <laughs> She's been getting tweaked to high heaven and back. And with the latest update to the PTR... Uh, she's gained a free resurrect charge when she uses Valkyrie. So last time uh, we had the whole cooldown thing and she couldn't get Valkyrie during, uh, didn't automatically get Valkyrie reset during, or sorry, resurrect reset during Valkyrie. I keep screwing those two up, getting them mixed. Uh, but now she gets a free shot, one a one-off, and it's only available for the duration of Valkyrie. So if you don't use it by then, it's lost. So think of it this way. The way it worked before, you'd hit Valkyrie. Now you can fly. Now you're you're suddenly magic, you know, magic mercy. <laughs> uh, and the way that that works, or the way it worked before this change, before this pending change, was you would, could fly. You could, uh, if, if your resurrect was off cooldown, you could use it. But no longer was it automatically uh, reset and starting a fresh cooldown once you used it. Uh, the way it works now is, no matter where you're, uh, where you're at in your cooldown, you'll get one free resurrect during the Valkyrie stage. You run up, you find a dude or a lady who's laying there, and you find out that uh, they're dead. So you click them and they come back to life, but you gotta use it before Valkyrie ends. If you don't, you don't get it. Here's the exact quote so that you can quit listening to my terrible ex explanation. Valkyrie no longer affects resurrect cooldown directly now, but this method preserves some good amount of burst resing when needed while making it more flexible to use, says principal designer Jeff Goodman. Uh, he says this, for example, in the past, if you want to res two targets with Valkyrie, you had to res one target, then ult, causing the cooldown to reset, then res the other target. With this new change, you can now hit Valkyrie first, fly in quickly, and res two targets instantly. So you no longer have to sort of choose when you're going to hit that ult. You can you can be more strategic with your timing uh with your with your cooldowns. Um I think it's a good it's a good middle ground, right? I mean before you just got nothing. You got you just stayed on your cooldown whatever it was. So if you were in a pinch and you had to res somebody important at an important time, you know, tough tough kabooty, right? You just it didn't matter. Uh you had to wait for that cooldown. Now you get one. And if you're off cooldown, you get two, which is pretty cool. There's another small change. Oh, he did say this. He went on to say it still reduces the overall number of resurrects Mercy can provide since Valkyrie no longer reduces its cooldown. So that's still in place. So it's, again, a happy medium. There was an, another change to her. It involves, or involves rather Guardian Angel, which is that ability that allows you to fly to the allies she's healing or buffing, right? Uh, the PTR change provides her with an unlock boost by using the jump key. This unlocks you from that target and lets you fly past them for just a little bit. I don't know how this is going to work in real life, and I haven't tried it on the PTR, so I'm curious about this, but it's like a slingshot. So if you've got a target, 
you no longer kind of let's say I'm targeting uh, you know Junkrat who's ahead of me. I no longer just zoom up and then stop right behind him. If I want to, I hit space during that and I'll fly past him. I'll use him as a way to get up ahead. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Goodman explained this somewhat replicates some of the behavior of the recent Mercy Air uh, Zero Air Resistance bug, which is interesting. I remember hearing about that. But in a way that's way more consistent and with less buggy side effects. However, using Resurrect no longer resets the cooldown of Guardian Angel. All right. So keep that in mind. Man, mercy. At the mercy of us all. Lucio's all getting a tweak. So uh, you want some more healer business? Good news. PTR patch also features some big tweaks for him. Or Well, I don't know if they're big, but uh, the exact quote is, again from Goodman, we have also made some changes to Lucio's speed boost when jumping off a wall to try to compensate for the super boost bug fix that went out. He now gets a more significant boost off of a wall. So I guess that's good. I mean, look, anything to make him more mobile... I remember the heady days way back in the day when Lucio had, uh, uh, it was way faster while he was what I call in green mode. And they, uh, they've nerfed that considerably over time. So anything to give him a little bit of mobility where it was, uh, where it's been lost otherwise is a good thing in my mind. And I love me some Lucio play. So I'm all into that. Anyway, there you go. Lucio getting some, getting some tweakage. He's, uh, he's here to help and he drops the base. And what else do you want a guy to do like that? <laughs> He's good for what he is. All right, uh, some more Mercy stuff. These are just small things, but she's the biggest healer in the game now. This isn't about her mechanically, but there is some data that we've gotten from the website. Let's see, where is it? Omnic Meta. Kind of like Heroes, uh, was it Heroes Forge? No, Heroes, oh shite. The Heroes of the Storm one, they have one like Hots Logs, that's it. Uh, where they take data from uh, the game the best they can without having actual direct a uh, API access to the big data that Blizzard could otherwise give people. And this data shows that her, uh, she is easily the biggest healer in the game and that every game on average has her in it, at least, at least for part of the game or most of the game. These changes to her have made her the most popular hero across all levels in competitive play. More, more than just healers, like more popular than any hero in the game. This is according to the data from hundreds of thousands of Overwatch player profiles collected again by Omnic Meta. These stats show that Mercy, uh, Mercy, Mercy, or Mercy, sure, whatever, you call her whatever you want, uh, gets, a, gets selected 100% of the time across all levels, from Bronze to Grandmaster. I don't know if this includes, this is all just ranked, obviously, so I don't know if this includes any sort of quick play or arcade modes, but anyway. They know that this is the first time they've seen this with an Overwatch hero to get that popular over every tier of play this quickly, uh, or to stay at 100%. Blizzard told uh, Complete that they are, quote, unable to comment on data or stats on heroes, uh, so it's uncertain how popular she actually is. I mean, we really don't know, because they don't. They don't give out that kind of data. I don't know why they don't. I understand it in MOBAs, but 
maybe I don't even understand it there. I understand I understand not letting MMR out there, but actual like just play statistics, who's getting picked the most, who's being played the most, I think that's a really cool thing and they should like lean into that. I don't know why they don't. But anyway, yeah. Once again, Mercy dominating this week. Also, big changes to Ultimates coming in this most recent patch, or have come in this most recent patch. I'm never totally sure if this stuff is PTR or live, but I think this is live. Anyway, Ultimates. Big time change. Uh, the ultimate charge is now immediately extended when a hero's ultimate ability is activated instead of depleting over a short period of time. Now, you may say to yourselves, okay, well, what's that mean to me? This means a lot. Instead of the pool quickly draining from 100, your ultimate charge is now just gone. Blip out of there. Because you know how it is right now. If you get interrupted at the very last second, sometimes you'll retain it or you'll, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. I do a lot. Uh, Roadhog gets interrupted or stunned or something and his his uh, his ultimate gets stopped short and end up with like 80% of it left so I don't have that far to go now the second I hit Q gone whether I get interrupted before <clears> or <throat> right before during uh, whenever it doesn't matter gone set to zero that's immediate that means like McCree can't cancel an unfortunate Deadeye choice in fact that's going to be a real bummer for those players because you can't I mean, the cancel thing's been in there forever, right? Since the beginning. But uh, the biggest change is going to be this. If you hear an ultimate line and you turn and interrupt that enemy, they can't just whip out another Dragon Blade or have you back in their sights or any of that as soon as they get back up. They have lost <clears throat> the ult and they have to regain the charge the old-fashioned way, which is, you know, takes time. Slowly. Or shooting dudes a lot will help it boost. I mean, this they're back to square one. That may mean people are a little bit less, especially those McCrees, a little bit, a little less likely to just turn the hose on full blast whenever they feel like it. Uh, they went on to quote, or I'm going to quote them, but they uh, went on to say, they said, until now, many ultimates drain the meter quickly over time instead of instantly setting the meter to zero when the button was pressed. We originally designed it this way to ensure that players had the chance to use, at the very least, a little of their ultimate over time, or every time, rather. However, we now feel that it causes too much frustration without adding many benefits. Uh, with this patch, ultimate abilities will instantly be set on a hero's meter to zero when the button is pressed, which means stopping an enemy's ultimate at any point after it's activated will ensure that it has indeed been spent. So there you go. I'm trying to think how this is going to affect me and the way I play. I mean, I will be more gratified as a player who stops an ult then I will be obviously the guy who gets stopped. So this is going to be a little bit better sweep, but it's a pretty significant change uh, to the game, I think. So what that ultimately means for you and your play style, I don't know, but it seems like competitive will get weird. And I really do feel bad for your McCrees out there. It may be high noon a lot less. Blizzard's reportedly working on an unannounced Blizzard Overwatch project. Well, of course, Blizzard does. It's their, their IP. Developer posted an internship opening on the Blizzard career site. They did this a couple of weeks ago and then quickly pulled it for a... 
what they listed as an as an uh, MMORTS on mobile devices, and um, we don't know anything else about that now either. But this is probably one of those secret incubator projects going on, if this is to be believed. Uh, the career site open or showed an opening for a generalist artist to help an unannounced project in its wide range of assets. And then it said, knowledge of Overwatch's lore is recommended in the talents portion of the listing. So now, you know, let the speculation fly. It's a position for students. It's only a few months long. It's going to be in Blizzard's offices in Irvine in 2018. So whatever this is, we're not very close to it. Uh, are we close enough for an announcement at BlizzCon? Possibly. I don't know. Who knows? Like all the stuff that's currently being worked on that's a big secret. Nobody, Nobody's leaked too much other than these job listings. And, and, you know, Blizzard takes forever to do anything. So at BlizzCon, a World of Warcraft expansion, an Overwatch character or map or two, similar stuff from Heroes, and, you know, maybe some StarCraft news. That's probably enough for a BlizzCon, and they don't, they're not, oh, and a, uh, like a Hearthstone expansion. They're probably not feeling that much pressure to to get out in front of this real quick. So I don't know. I don't know. But they said, um, you will work, this is part of the listing as well, you will work closely with our concept, environment, and character teams to create hard surface and organic props, weapons, and possibly characters that are both detail-oriented and consistent with the art style we've defined. Uh, so make of that what you will. It's not the first time Blizzard's posted a job thing and then nothing comes of it or years pass before we ever hear anything. Last time this happened, I want to say, was like a... Oh, what was that? Was it like a Diablo listing? Like a job listing in the Diablo world and knowledge of Diablo stuff would help and it's an unannounced Diablo project? This is like 2013 or something. Or 14 maybe. So it's been years since we've heard anything about that. It may be years before you hear anything here. But I've got my own ideas about what I'd like. I would like either some single player content, uh, story mode stuff, something like that. Uh, if we're talking different genre, that's fine too. Give me like an XCOM style mobile Switch device thing. I don't know. There are a lot of really big Nintendo heads at Blizzard currently working on secret unannounced projects. I'm not saying that it would have to be Switch titles, but the possibility exists, okay? So just go with me on this. All right, we get emails now. I don't know if you knew about this. Scott at frogpants.com. They come in, and I read them right here on the show. This is only episode two, so you're probably still getting the hang of this damn thing. Anyway, got an email from Corned. K-O-R-N-E-D, like the band, but with an E-D, Corned. Says, hi, Scott. I don't think I'm playing Winston right. He just dies as soon as I jump into the fight. Any suggestions? He does not feel like much of a tank. Uh, all right, Corned. Here's the truth about Winston. He is not a tank in the sense that you tank. <laughs> you can't jump in or leap in with him uh, using a shift ability and just start fighting toe-to-toe -to -toe and expect to last very long. That's not really where his strengths are. He does have a decent amount of hit points, but his strengths is quick in, quick out, throw down a shield, mitigate some damage, get out again, get in again, create all kinds of confusion for uh, the opposing player. This is my style of Winston play, so I'm not saying that there aren't other better, perhaps, ways to play him or different ones, but the way I play him and do pretty well with him, my win rate's pretty strong with him, is sort of dive in, 
uh, cause a lot of mayhem to certain characters, especially. So if I'm looking for to take down a Bastion or to take down a, um, you know, a turret wielding, um, what's his bucket, Dwarf Man, Torbjorn. That's what I was trying to say. Um, he's great for that. Come in there, tear some stuff down, get out. Uh, do the same thing, kind of go back and forth. He doesn't have any way to heal himself, so a good healer around is always helpful. Um, timing his cooldown on his shield is important because it's kind of a long cooldown. It always has been, despite recent changes. So, uh, big fan of, of playing him like that. And it's confusing and chaotic for the other players. So, that's kind of what you're supposed to do with him. Imagine, if you will, uh, uh, let's say a warehouse full of, uh, you know... Uh, uh, separators and hallways and things and it's kind of hard to see what's going on and imagine a giant gorilla flying through there just smashing stuff whacking stuff shooting things with some sort of electrical gun and then getting out of there and then coming back and doing the same thing again like that's the chaos you're trying to create keep him kind of a moving target in a way he's like he's like his buddy tracer in that way in my opinion now again you're probably gonna some people are gonna hear this and go scott i i play the perfect winston if that's true, you need to email me, scott at frogpants.com. We'll talk about your method as well. All right. Looking forward to uh, talking more about what characters you guys like and what you like doing. I will say this. been playing the Junkenstein thing, and this year you can be other characters. And uh, I played Torbjorn, and he's OP in there. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's ridiculous what Torbjorn can do compared to every single other character in the game. It's it's silly, over-the-top OP. He is completely overpowered in there. That's one thing. Uh, second thing is they, they really threw a wrench at us this year and added a whole lot more chaos in that fight, especially toward the end. So uh, I think a little less for the Timid this year, that particular event. They've added Symmetra into the mess, and she's real gnarly there toward the end. And I don't know about you, but five or six Reapers and couple of Franken junk Frankenstein monster uh, roadhogs rolling around is not a not a well I mean it's fun but it's not it's not the most safe feeling <laughs> in the world so anyway uh, having a good time in there how are you guys doing with it and what do you think of these characters oh I did want to say this about uh, Torbjorn I almost forgot they changed something and I don't remember when it changed I must have completely missed it because I haven't played him in a while but when did they make it so when I want to heal my turret it doesn't matter if I whack on it or not. It's just self-healing, and it slowly does it over time. That really threw me, because there was a chunk of time last night where I was just pounding on that turret, like, why isn't it going up faster? And I realized, oh, this is behaving totally different than it used to. Um, also, repairing it, I mean, it makes sense when I repair it, kind of, to get it back in decent shape, but I, I don't know. I'm confused by him. I'm not sure Torbjorn's where I like him. I think I liked him more the other way. Not trying to be a wimp about it, but you know. Torbjorn, don't go changing. That's it. We're out of here. Frogpants.com slash exploding tire is the place to go if you want to find out all the ways to get the show. Uh, you can get it on Google Play, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even if you're just using some third-party app, there's a link there to just paste right in there, and bam, you've got it. Uh, Scott at frogpants.com is the email address. You can follow the show on Twitter at exploding tire. That's at exploding tire on Twitter. Uh, of course, you can find me at Scott Johnson and I'll often be retweeting both sides of this thing. Uh, so anyway, go check it out. See what you think. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the great feedback from last week. Very excited to keep this thing rolling on into episode three. Got some cool stuff on the on the uh, horizon. 
Uh, some interviews are getting worked on, including a couple with some community uh, folk who are really into the art of Overwatch. And I want to get into what it means to be in the fandom space for, for Overwatch. I'm going to talk to some cosplayers about what it means to build cosplay and costumes and, and replicas for the Overwatch world. As well as hopefully some Blizzard people as well. Also, I'll be at BlizzCon in a few weeks. Hope to see you guys there. If you see me, come up, say hi. I got a free sticker to give you. Right here from Exploding Tire. It's going to do it for me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.